Howdy, everyone, and thank you again for tuning in to the Jeffersonian Tradition. Before we get started, I have a couple of things to go over. I want to keep bringing y'all high-quality content, but I cannot do that without your support. So please, help buy me a cup of coffee every month and join the Ward Republic by chipping in $5 per month through the supporting listener link in the show notes page. I am not part of a fancy podcasting network, and I don't like the restrictions that come along with certain advertising campaigns. So I am coming to y'all with my hat in my hand. So please help me keep this show going and keep it independent by doing your part and chipping in. If you're not comfortable with a recurring contribution model, I do also have a Cash App profile for the show. So one-time contributions can be sent there. And all of this information is listed in the show notes page as well. And don't forget that Ward Republic membership includes a monthly video conference with myself and the other Ward Republic members. And support monetary freedom today and head over to our sponsor at www.defythegrid.com to purchase your gold bags. I have an affiliate link in the show notes page, and if you use it, I will get a 1% commission, so that'll also help keep the show going. So click on my link in that show notes page and fuel monetary decentralization today. And if you aren't on MeWe yet, then seriously, what are you waiting for? Unlike a certain other social media platform, MeWe respects the right to free speech and offers a privacy bill of rights. So if you'd like to be a member there, then download the MeWe app and search for me at the username Mr. Jeffersonian. The show group is private, so we must be contacts before I can send you the group invite. With all of that fun stuff out of the way, let's now turn our attention to the topic for today's episode. All right, so here we are with the second part of our Southern Cultural Continuity podcast episode. Uh, this time we're going to be focused on the category of affirmation. So these are songs that just genuinely speak approvingly of the South and her customs, her people, her way of life. So it's going to be people singing about how they love the region, how they love its uh, habits, good, bad, or otherwise, how, how they love them. And so we're going to start this list off with another song from our friend Hank Williams Jr. Before I disclose the song, though, for any of y'all who don't know the Hank Williams Jr. story, so Hank Williams Sr., again, one of the first true giants of country music, and Hank Sr. died when Hank Jr. was a very little boy. I think he was only maybe three or four years old, and he kind of grew up in his daddy's shadow. Now, his mama, Miss Audrey, she made him tour around basically being a miniature replica of his daddy. And he did that from the time basically he could really play a guitar all the way up until his early 30s. And in 1975, Hank Jr. went out to Montana. He went out there to kind of clear his head. Uh, he was actually going to be hunting and he was doing some hiking and fishing and things of that nature. So one day he's out hiking, right? It's him and the property owners. They're out hiking. And they get up on this mountain, and it's Ajax Mountain is the name of the of the rocky outcrop there. But Hank is climbing on this mountain, and he's hiking, and the rocks give way. And Hank actually falls off the side of the mountain. He, he falls straight down vertically about 500 feet, and he lands face first on a rock. How he did not die when this happened is nothing short of a miracle. But it basically shattered his face completely. They didn't know, the doctors didn't know if he was ever going to be able to sing again. And he ended up, he had to go through very, very extensive reconstructive surgery on his face. It literally, it broke every single bone in his face. And so they reconstructed his face. He ends up growing a beard. Uh, before this, he was very clean cut. Very, very clean cut. He kind of looked like your stereotypical 1950s, early 1960s person at this time, the way he did his hair up and all. But after the reconstruction surgery... Hank 
found himself. Um, I, I mean, I know it must have been a terrifying experience to go through in the moment, but when it was all said and done, Hank really found himself. Hank Jr. did. And he grew a beard. He started wearing sunshades because the lights bothered his eyes. And he always, from that point on, he always had a cowboy hat or, or a baseball cap on. And so that's kind of some of the backstory behind Hank Jr. And when he emerges from this, he, he takes on a much harder edge with his music. He, the, the, after the accident is when he produces the biggest hits of his life. Um, this happened in 1975, and Hank would basically rule the decade of the 1980s. I, I mean, I'm serious. If you go look uh, at how many Entertainer of the Year awards that man won in the 1980s, it's just unbelievable. So it was the catalyst he needed, and he... From here on out, he would be known as an outlaw. He he would fully embrace the outlaw theme that was sweeping country music, which started with Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson, two, two Texans. And so Hank Jr. gets into this crowd, and he's producing music that is kind of off the cuff for what Nashville would have wanted at the time. So he's he's going his own way. He's doing his own thing. And his music is a blend of Southern rock, country, blues. I mean, you name it, you can probably find some elements of it uh, in there somewhere. So the first song that we're going to start with for Affirmation, it's a song that he produced in, I believe it was in 1977. It's called The New South. It's from his album titled the same, The New South. And this is actually the first Hank Williams Jr. CD that my mom and dad bought me. We were actually in Stillwell, Oklahoma on a mission trip. And they bought me this CD. Now, I had one other one, but it, it was one that a friend had let me borrow and I had burned it. But this is the first one my mom and dad bought me. So I, I always have a fond memory of this particular album. Uh, I also think the picture is pretty cool on the front. But the name of the song, again, is The New South. And what Hank is talking about here is how, yes, there are things that are changing, but at its core, The New South, thank God, is still the same. So in the first verse, he says, Last fall we elected the man from Plains, and he's here talking about the election of Jimmy Carter. And there was lots of talk about a great big change, but the Atlanta Braves, they still lose too many games, and the New South, thank God, is still the same. And then we're going to go into the chorus here, where he says, The New South is still the same, and I'm so glad of it. I don't want no little old Danish rolls. I must have ham and grits. And think about, again, the cultural continuity with the food. And he's just saying how much he loves this stuff, that thank God none of this, none of the core of what it meant to be Southern has changed. So he says, the New South is still the same, and I'm so glad of it. I don't want no little old Danish rolls. I must have ham and grits. And my woman does look good in her T-shirt standing in the Georgia rain. And the New South, thank God, is still the same. And then in the second verse, he says, Now my old granddaddy, he still farms the land. And down in Miami, they voted in the all-over 10. And I'm hooked on all those Carolina dreams. And the New South, thank God, is still the same. And then back to the chorus, he says, The New South is still the same, and I'm so glad of it. I don't want no little old Danish rolls. I must have ham and grits. So when we talk about the South having a unique cultural cuisine or a unique regional cuisine within the Union... Think about what Hank is singing about here. He's talking about these traditional Southern meals. There's a joke that was told, actually, I, I don't even think it was necessarily a joke, but if y'all ever listened to Jerry Clower, he was a very good old-timey Southern storyteller, and he did tell a lot of jokes, but he's got this one story he tells about he went into a Southern restaurant that didn't have grits on the menu, and it, it, it really upset him. It offended him, and he complained to the manager this, that, and the other. So think about what Hank Jr. is saying here. 
it doesn't matter what any other region is doing. If the North wants to have its little little old Danish rolls, that's fine. But I don't want them. I don't want no little old Danish rolls. I must have ham and grits. So just think again about the continuity there that we have in the South, where everybody's acknowledging, yes, this area is different. It is unique. We like it. We want to keep it. And so very good song there. And then the next song that we're going to look at is, on today's list is Chicken Fried by the Zach Brown Band. Uh, the Zach Brown Band, I believe, came out of Georgia. And in this song, they're basically just commemorating everything to do about a typical Southern Friday night. Uh, so he starts off with the chorus. He says, you know, I like my chicken fried cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right in the radio up. And then he goes on to talk about, well, it's funny how the little things in life that mean the most, not where you live or what you drive or the price tag on your clothes. So there we have some older agrarianism, uh, you know, some love for the common man there. It doesn't matter what you have on. You could show up all in homespun. That's what Ariel Dabney said in his New South Address. Virginia may have been dressed all in homespun, but she was incorruptible. And so here we have Zach Brown sort of echoing some of those themes. Like, it doesn't matter what you drive. It doesn't matter what sort of clothes you have on. Just come on out and we'll have a good time. We like our chicken fried. And again, a reference to the food. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is another one by Hank Williams Jr. This is That's How They Do It in Dixie. He released this in 2006. And surprisingly enough, this is one of his newer songs that I actually like. Again, a, a lot of his newer stuff I, I'm not the biggest fan of. But this one, he's talking about Southern women. He's, he starts it off, he says, Cut off jeans and cowboy boots, long blonde hair and dark brown roots. Lord, pinch me. That's how they do it in Dixie. And so when I was a kid, uh, now I loved this song. It came out, I was 14 years old when this song came out. And... I loved it because at the time, yes, I definitely, I loved the girls that had the uh, sort of dyed hair, sort of not, you know, the long blonde hair and the dark brown roots. And <laughs> I laughed because I just remember uh, when this song came out, my mom was like, oh, that fits you to a T, but my stars, them girls look trashy. So that that's why I'm laughing because I have very fond memories of when this song came out. But he's talking about in this song, just Southern women and how they do it differently than women in any other region. And it's sort of maybe a precursor to some elements of bro country, which, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, he's keeping it with a distinct focus on Southern women. He's not talking about, you know, just going out in some random Midwestern field on a moonlit night. No, he's very specifically talking about Southern women, how they look, how they dress and what their habits are. So then he goes on to say here after that first verse, he says, electric sliding on a sawdust floor, long neck chaser, pour a shot of hardcore whiskey. That's how they do it in Dixie. And then he talks about watermelon lip gloss kissed beneath the swamp moss on a moonlit night, bubblegum perfume, well-placed tattoo above her honey hind. And so he's, uh, you know, getting a little risque there. But again, he's talking about what was going on with Southern women at this time. And that, I mean, the, these lyrics just suit the Southern female trend to a T from the early to mid 2000s. So awesome song here. Again, it, it was one of my favorites when it first came out. Um, that CD, actually, it had a lot of his old stuff on there. I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, this song was actually the only new song on there. I think everything else was a re-release. So awesome song, though. Again, the title is That's How They Do It in Dixie. And then the next song that we're going to talk about, this is another one that has a lot of overlap. It could have gone either here in Affirmation or it could have gone in the last category, which is agrarianism. But this is Small Town Southern Man by Alan Jackson, and he released this song in 2008. 
And this is a very moving song, especially if you ever watched the video. Very, very moving song. It talks about the generational continuity in the South. So he starts off, born the middle son of a farmer and a small town Southern man, like his daddy's daddy before him, brought up working on the land, fell in love with a small town woman, and they married up and settled down. Natural way of life, if you're lucky, for a small town Southern man. So let's unpack that first verse, because I mean, that's deep. He's talking about... He's going to grow up and be a farmer just like his daddy and his granddaddy before him. And then if he's lucky, you know, if, if he's lucky, the natural order of things for him will be to find another small town woman and they'll marry and settle down there in that small town and bring up another generation on the family plot. And then the next part, he says, first there came four pretty daughters for this small town Southern man. Then a few years later came another, a boy he wasn't planned. Seven people living all together in a house built with his own hands. Little words with love and understanding from a small town Southern man. And so, again, very powerful here. Very powerful. He's talking about, okay, so he was lucky enough to find that small town woman. They got married and they had five kids. So now there's seven of them living in a teeny tiny house. But you know what? By George, he built it with his own hands. And that means something. That means something. When you live by the fruit of your labor... That really does resonate with people, and that means something. So he built his own house. He's, he's growing the food for the family. He's relying on God and the weather to see him through, and that means something. And then the chorus is, He bowed his head to Jesus, and he stood for Uncle Sam, and he only loved one woman. He was always proud of what he had. And again, we can see that harking back to R.L. Dabney in the New South Address. It does not matter if all you have is homespun. If you can only dress in homespun, you can at least say you're incorruptible. He said his greatest contribution is the ones you leave behind. And that, again, is a very Jeffersonian way of thinking. Think back to Jefferson's This Land is for the Living uh, philosophy that we have an obligation to those we leave behind us. We, we need to leave this land to them in usufruct is what he said, which means in totality. But it's very powerful imagery here, and it's, it's a very powerful message that he's harking back to. Raised on the ways and gentle kindness of a small-town southern man. And then in the next verse, he's, he goes on to talk about how the, the man that we started off with, who was a young man just hoping to find a wife and get married, is now kind of getting a little bit older. It says, The callous hands told the story for the small-town southern man. He gave it all to keep it all together and keep his family on his land. Like his daddy, years wore out his body, made it hard just to work and stand. Well, you can break the back, but you can't break the spirit of a small town Southern man. And my Lord, I, I mean, that I, literally that gave me chills as I was reading this to y'all through the mic. So as I'm reading it, I, I'm just overwhelmed with the powerful message that he is conveying with these lyrics. So what we have now, again, is this old man. We started the song off with him being a young man, just hoping he could get buried. Now he's an older man. He's raised his family successfully. And he gave it all he had to keep it all together. And by, by God, they did not lose the farm. They did not lose the farm, and because he says it right there, and keep his family on his land. And even though the years may have wore out his body, and you you know maybe, maybe time broke his back, but you can't break his spirit. And so that is a strong, strong message to convey, because that shows a willingness to stand against the tide. That shows a very strong willingness to stand against the tide. And then we go back to the chorus. And then in the last verse here, we have, Finally death came calling for this small town southern man. He said, It's all right, because I see angels, and they got me by the hand. Don't you cry and don't you worry. I'm blessed and I know I am. 
Because God has a place in heaven for a small town Southern man. And this is highly agrarian because something that the older agrarian tradition taught was a reverence and respect for the afterlife and, and a strong belief in religion. So this song has elements of all four of these categories in here. Uh, we could go back and point to you can break the back, but you can't break the spirit. That's that's defiance right there. Affirmation. He wants this to be his natural way of life. Agrarianism. Death came calling for the small town southern man, but I see angels. So we have everything here. We we have everything in this song. Beautiful song by Alan Jackson. Again, it's called Small Town Southern Man, released in 2008, if y'all want to listen to it. And then the next song that we're going to discuss is one by the band Alabama. This is called Tennessee River. And this song is just a, a fun song. I really like a lot of Alabama's music. Uh, they have a very unique sound. Uh, definitely, you know an Alabama song when it comes on the radio but it starts off, it says, I was born across the river in the mountains where I call home. Lord, times were good there. Don't know why I ever roamed. So he's basically saying, man, you know, I had it really good there. And now I'm not sure exactly why I left. But he goes on in the course. He says, Tennessee River and a mountain man. We get together anytime we can. Oh, Tennessee River and a mountain man. We play together in Mother Nature's band. And so here he's basically saying, look, I go back home anytime I can. Anytime I can get back to the Tennessee River, I'm going. And then the second verse, he says, and this is going to be a common theme. Think about what they're saying. They want to find their life's partner and settle down. They, they want to avoid the entrappings of a rat race society or of a warlike society. So he says, me and my woman's done made our plans on the Tennessee River walking hand in hand. Going to raise a family, Lord, settle down where peace and love can still be found. And so that is a great song. Again, a lot, a very fun song, just the, the way the beat goes in there. And the next song that we're going to talk about is an old Southern folk song. This is called The Rose of Alabama, or if you want to say it the right way, The Rose of Alabama. So this song is actually in the movie The Outlaw Josie Wells. If y'all have never seen that movie, it's an awesome Clint Eastwood movie. I, I like it a lot. But this song came out, I believe, in the 1850s, if I'm not mistaken, maybe the late 1840s. And it's talking about the Rose of Alabama. So the sweet tobacco posy is the Rose of Alabama. But there's symbolism there because the Rose of Alabama that he's singing about is actually a black woman. So it's basically, by the time you, at least you get to the Confederacy, it's basically a folk song, very popular with the white population, but it's a whole bunch of white men singing about being in love with a black woman. So it starts off away from Mississippi's veil with my old hat there for a sale. I crossed upon a cotton bell to the Rose of Alabama. So the, the lady's name is Rose and she's from Alabama. So the Rose of Alabama. Old Brown Rosie, Rose of Alabama. The sweet tobacco posy is the Rose of Alabama. And then he goes on. He says, the river rose, the cricket sang, the lightning buggy flashed his wing. And like a rope, my arms all flang round the Rose of Alabama. Old Brown Rosie, Rose of Alabama. The Sweet Tobacco Posey is my Rose of Alabama. And then the singer actually goes on to basically tell even the, the Southern Bells, so the elites of Southern society, that it, it's too bad because he only has eyes for his Rose of Alabama. So the last verse is, Fare thee well, Eliza Jane, and so long all ye bells of fate, for all your charms are put to shame by the Rose of Alabama. Old Brown Rosie, Rose of Alabama. My Sweet Tobacco Posey is the Rose of Alabama. So very awesome song here. I, I like this song a lot, but it shows even back in those days, you know, it wasn't totally taboo for people to sing about mixed relationships. That's kind of the 
picture that you would get of this now. I mean, now, do people necessarily flaunt it back then? Well, in this song, maybe there's another song called The Yellow Rose of Texas that is also um, sort of in this vein. But did people necessarily flaunt it? No, not necessarily in day-to-day life. But it also wasn't the big, bad, taboo bugaboo that everybody makes it out to be now. That didn't really start coming on the scenes until maybe about the early 1900s, possibly the very late 1890s. But really, that, that didn't start being a thing until you get to the, sure enough, Jim Crow era, where people really and truly cared about that. And then the next song that we're going to take a look at is Tanya Tucker, I Believe the South is Going to Rise Again. And this song, again, is talking about a multiracial society being able to exist in peace, which, I mean, in Tanya Tucker's time, that wouldn't have been a big deal because this song was released in 1973. But the North was all about segregation. Now, a lot of the North was de facto, not necessarily de jour. After the war ended and after Reconstruction ended, that's why the South kind of got a bad reputation is because they did it legally versus the South just kind of did it, or excuse me, the North rather, just kind of did it by custom. But in this song, Tanya Tucker's reminiscing about the childhood that she had, and she's talking about how things are, are going to be different, but that she ultimately believes in the South. So it starts off, Mama never had a flower garden because cotton grew right up to our front door. Daddy never went on a vacation. He died a tired old man at 44. Our neighbors in the big house called us redneck because we lived in a poor sharecropper shack. The Jacksons down the road were poor like we were, but our skin was white and theirs was black. I believe the South is going to rise again, but not the way we thought it would back then. I mean everybody hand in hand. I believe the South is going to rise again. And so this is a powerful song because, again, it's talking about it doesn't matter what color your skin is. If you're in the same economic boat, you're in the same economic boat. And this this song in particular, I've always liked it because my paternal great-grandfather, uh, his name was Charles. Everybody, I guess, called him Buck. I unfortunately never got to meet him. But my great-grandpa Buck, from what I've been told, was actually a sharecropper. And, and he actually sharecropped with a black man named Lawrence. And Lawrence and my great-grandpa, actually, they remain friends throughout their entire lives. Even even after they got away from having to share crop, they remain friends their entire lives. They used to drink coffee together up until the day they died. So it's very interesting to see a song like this because it's like, oh, well, look, I have a direct family sort of tie-in with that because, yes, my great-grandparents on my dad's side had this experience. They lived that experience where it didn't matter what color your skin was. If you were poor, you were poor, and that was the end of it. So she goes on to say, I see wooded parks and big skyscrapers where dirty rundown shacks stood once before. I see sons and daughters of sharecroppers, but they're not picking cotton anymore. And so that kind of talks about what was perceived at the time. We can really honestly debate this, but that talks about the industrialization of the South. And Tanya Tucker saying that that's a good thing. Again, I, I would somewhat disagree. Not that industrial progress is always bad, but just the way it happened and how much the South abandoned its ancestral farmland. There's some debate there, but Tanya's seeing this as a good thing because they're not poor anymore and they're not having to go out and pick that cotton no more that, you know, they're, they're going out here in these wooded parks and skyscrapers and, and making a living. So beautiful song there again, it's called, I believe the South is going to rise again by Tanya Tucker. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is another one by Hank Williams Jr. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all will understand by the end of this, I love me some Hank Jr. But this one is If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. And this is just a full-blown love of everything Southern. He starts it off actually with the chorus. He says, if heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't want to go. If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I'd just as soon stay home. 
And then the first verse says, I was one of the chosen few to be born in Alabama. I'm just like my daddy's son. I'm proud of who I am. I went through a lot of good women and shook old Jim Beam's hand. If I never see the pearly gates, at least I've walked through the promised land. And so think about what he's saying about the South. He's like, look, even if I never actually go to heaven, the South is as close as I can get anyway, so just leave me here. And this, again, amazing cultural continuity when you think that we have authors, especially writing for Virginia from the early 1700s, even the late 1600s, talking about how bountiful the land was, comparing it to a paradise on earth. And this is just unbelievable continuity that you would have that being talked about almost 350 years later, give or take a couple of years. Now, this song was written in 1982 or released in 1982. It came out on Hank Jr.'s album, High Notes. But it's just an incredible song. And then the chorus, when he when he really gets into the full chorus, he, he talks about if they don't have a Grand Ole Opry like they do down in Tennessee, just send me to hell or New York City. It would be about the same to me. And so, again, he's consciously rejecting the northern industrial way of life. He says New York City would be just about like hell to him. So awesome song here. I absolutely love If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. So in our first episode on this topic, I said, depending on what day you ask me, the the South's going to rattle again would probably be number one or number two. Well, its only real contender is, in fact, If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. So depending on which one of... Or depending on which day you ask me, one of those two songs is going to be number one, and the other one will be number two. I absolutely love both of them. And then sticking on this theme of, you know, the South being the eternal resting place, we're going to talk next about a song called Texas When I Die. This is another Tanya Tucker song. And weirdly enough, it's another song that actually starts with the chorus. So the chorus is, when I die, I may not go to heaven. I don't know if they let cowboys in. If they don't, just let me go to Texas, boys, because Texas is as close as I've been. And then again, she's going to go on much like Hank Jr. did. Now, this song was actually released before If Heaven Ain't a Lot Like Dixie. This one was released in 1978. But she's going to go on and talk about uh, New York and how bad it is and really any big major northern metro area. So the first verse is, New York couldn't hold my attention and Detroit City just couldn't sing them songs. If tomorrow finds me busted flat in Dallas, I won't care because at least I'll know I'm home. And then we go to the chorus, and then the next verse is, I'd ride through hell, uh, excuse me, I'd ride through all of hell and half of Texas. Now that's a big drive. I don't know if y'all have ever driven through Texas, but ugh, that's a big drive. I'd ride through all of hell and half of Texas just to hear Willie Nelson sing a country song. Beer just ain't as cold in old Milwaukee. My body's here, but my soul's back in San Antonio. So awesome song. Again, she's talking about how she wants Texas to be her eternal resting place because, hey, you know what? I may not get in heaven because of my lifestyle, but that's fine because I can at least stay in Texas or my body and soul can at least stay in Texas. So another great song just showing the love of the South where Southerners are bold enough to even say, look, when it comes to the eternal ever after, it's fine. Just leave me here. So I I really like that theme. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is one written by the storyteller, Tom T. Hall from Kentucky. And this one is called Little Bitty. Uh, now, Tom T. unfortunately died in 2021, and I, I love Tom T. Uh, my favorite song by him is probably The Year That Clayton Delaney Died, but Little Bitty is also a really good song. He did a version of this, but the more popular one is the one by Alan Jackson. But in this song, it's very agrarian, but it's very small town oriented, and it's an affirmation of that way of life, of small town living. 
So Tom T starts it off. He says, you have a little love on a little honeymoon. You got a little dish and you got a little spoon. A little bitty house and a little bitty yard. A little bitty dog and a little bitty car. And then the chorus is, it's all right to be little bitty. A little hometown on a big old city. Might as well share. Might as well smile. Life goes on for a little bitty while. And it's just beautiful because, again, you have a story unfolding in this song. Now, again, Tom T was actually called the storyteller, but you have a story unfolding in this song. So in that first verse, we have a young couple just starting out. Uh, they, they, you know, they got a little love and a little honeymoon and a little bitty yard. So it's nice. They have a small homeland or a small home plot, rather. And let's see where we take the story from here. So the next verse is a little bitty baby in a little bitty gown. It'll grow up in a little bitty town again. Talking about multi-generational continuity, where you have the little baby growing up in the same area as the parents. So a little bitty baby in a little bitty gown, it'll grow up in a little bitty town. A big yellow bus and little bitty books, it all started with a little bitty look. And then we got the chorus again. And then he goes on to talk about the the guy trying to work and take care of his family. He says, you know, you got a job and a little bitty check, a six-pack of beer and a television set. And then... Um, the chorus again, and then the end of the song is just really beautiful because it's talking about now the kid has grown up and we're starting it all over again. So it says a good old boy and a pretty little girl. They start all over in a little bitty world, a little bitty plan and a little bitty dream. It's all part of a little bitty scheme. So I love this song. It is packed with symbolism and reinforcement of the agrarian vision of life, that small town living where everybody stays somewhat close together and you have these strong extended family units. So awesome song there. Again, it originally written and performed by Tom T. Hall, but the more popular version is probably the one by Alan Jackson. So the next song, though, that we're going to talk about is actually another one by Alan Jackson. This one is uh, Chattahoochee, and I think probably everybody has heard this song at least once in their life. So it starts off with way down yonder on a Chattahoochee. It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie, and he's talking about the Chattahoochee River. We laid rubber on the Georgia asphalt. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught. And so here he's talking about the small town way of life. Like, yes, every once in a while, you may do some minor things that are not necessarily good. You know, maybe you speed or maybe you go out and race or maybe you burn some tires up a little bit, burning rubber. But you're not really doing anybody any harm. And this is, again, taking place in a very distinctly southern atmosphere, talking about the Chattahoochee River down there in Georgia. So then the chorus is down by the river on a Friday night, a pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight, talking about cars and dreaming about women, never had a plan, just a living for the minute. Way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, never knew how much that muddy water meant to me, but I learned how to swim and I learned who I was, a lot about living and a little about love. And so beautiful, beautiful song there. He's, he's basically talking about where he learned his life's lesson, how he learned how to be a man, how he became who he was. It's all thanks to the surrounding area of his southern landscape. And so he's paying homage to that. It, it's again, it's a very beautiful song. So uh, a fun song, too. Very fun song. It's not a slow song or anything like that for anybody who hadn't heard it. Uh, it's actually a very up-tempo song, very awesome song. So that, again, is Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson. And then the next song that we're going to talk about is another one by our friend Charlie Daniels. And this one is called The South's Gonna Do It Again. And this one probably would have been more accurately put into the defense and defiance category. However, it also has some affirmation here because in the chorus, he's telling everybody, so gather around, gather around, children, get down. We'll just get down, children. Get loud. Well, you can be loud and be proud and you can be proud here and I'll be proud 
and be proud you old rebel cause the south's gonna do it again and he's talking again this is another song a lot like the south's gonna rattle again by hank jr where he's talking about southern dominance of pop culture he's talking about all the different southern musicians he talks about zz top willie nelson barefoot jerry uh he references himself the cdb so charlie daniels band and he talks about Leonard Skinner in here. So it's an awesome, awesome song. And again, just a full-on affirmation of the Southern cultural way of life. And then the next song that we're going to discuss is Rocky Top. This is a, a one of the official state songs of Tennessee or a state song of Tennessee. It was a little bit weird looking at that. But anyway, this song was released in 1968. And it says, wish that I was on old Rocky Top down in the Tennessee hills. Ain't no smoggy smoke up on Rocky Top. Ain't no telephone bills. Once I had a girl on old Rocky Top, half bear, the other half cat. She was wild as a mink, but sweet as soda pop. I still dream about that. And so, again, they are singing about a tangible place, this time in Tennessee. They are singing about a tangible location in Tennessee and saying, look, life was simpler back then. I didn't have to worry about anybody calling me on the phone. And you know what? I even had me a little girlfriend up there. So very awesome song. I love this tune. Uh, if you ever look, or excuse me, if you ever watch a Tennessee Volunteers football game when they score, they, a lot of people are after the game, especially if they win. A lot of people in the crowd will start singing Rocky Top. And if you ever go to Tennessee, people love this song up there, at least the natives. They love this song. So it's an awesome song, a very fun song, and it also goes on to commemorate the moonshine and legacy of the Smoky Mountain region. So the second verse is, Once two strangers climbed old Rocky Top, looking for a moonshine still. Strangers never came down from old Rocky Top, reckon that they never will. Corn won't grow at all on Rocky Top, dirt's too rocky by far. That's why all the folks up on Rocky Top get their corn from a jar. And so, again, paying homage to the old traditional way of making a living in the South, which was bootlegging and moonshining. So, wonderful song here. Uh, my favorite version of it is by Conway Twitty. There's quite a few different versions of it out there, but I, I like the one by Conway Twitty the best. And then the next song is going to be another entry from our friend Hank Williams Jr., and this is Dixie On My Mind. And much like If Heaven Ain't A Lot Like Dixie, he's talking about, in this one, he's like, look, I, I've always heard a lot about the Big Apple, so I thought I'd come up here and see. But all I've seen so far is one big hassle, which I was camped out on the Okeechobee. And then the chorus of this song is, if this is the promised land, I've had all I can stand, and I'm headed back below that Dixie line. So he's saying he wants to go home. No, I just don't fit in, and I'll never come back again, but I'm busted here with Dixie on my mind. Oh, I'm stuck up here, and I got Dixie on my mind. And then in the second verse, he's actually offering a critique of the northern people, so ju just the way that they act towards him. So he says, These people never smile or say a word. They're all too busy trying to make an extra dime. Oh, I'd love to haul them all down around Spartanburg and show them how to raise hell in Caroline. And then he talks about in the last verse, the things you know that I miss most of all is the freedom of the rivers and the pines. They don't do much hunting and fishing up here, you know, but I have met a few squirrels and one porcupine. So this is an awesome song, very fun tune. Uh, he's even got a part in there. He kind of plays out Dixie on, on the guitar, so it's an awesome song. So again, that is Dixie On My Mind by Hank Williams Jr. And then the next one is also going to be a Bocifa song. Actually, the next two are going to be Bocifa songs. But the next one is If the South Would Have Won. And in this song, Hank is just affirming the Southern viewpoint of life and the Southern culture and, and kind of the Southern view on, on the world as it stood in the 1980s. 
So he starts it off, if the South would have won, we would have had it made. I'd probably run for president of the Southern states. The day Elvis passed away would be our national holiday. If the South would have won, we would have had it made. And then he's talking about how people are starting to get soft on punishing crime. He's, he's talking about the Supreme Court. So he says, I'd make my Supreme Court down in Texas, and we wouldn't have no killers getting off free. If they were proven guilty, then they would swing quickly instead of writing books and smiling on TV. So he's talking about the willingness to punish people in Texas there. We can debate whether or not that's necessarily a good thing, but that definitely shows the old Southern mentality of if you did something wrong, yes, you deserve to be punished. But then he goes on to talk about uh, some of the cuisine of Louisiana. So he's, he's talking about my native homeland here. He says, we'd all learn Cajun cooking in Louisiana, and I'd put that capital back in Alabama. Uh, so for what he's talking about there, if y'all didn't know, the first Confederate capital was actually down in Montgomery, Alabama. It was not in Richmond initially. But he says, uh, we'd put Florida on the right track because we'd take Miami back. So talking about they want to crack down on uh, on drug pushers down there. And crack down, I'm assuming, on immigration. And then he goes back to the chorus. And then he's talking about, again, paying homage to the old moonshining tradition over in the Smoky Mountain region. He says, I'd have all the whiskey made in Tennessee and all the horses raised in those Kentucky hills. The national treasury would be in Tupelo, Mississippi, and I'd put Hank Williams' picture on $100 bills. I'd have all the cars made in the Carolinas, and I'd ban all the ones made in China. I'd have every girl child sent to Georgia to learn to smile and talk with that Southern accent that drives me wild. So he's got something good to say about almost every Southern state here. He doesn't really say anything about Arkansas. Uh, he, he does give Mississippi a shout out there with the National Treasury. But he's basically talking about the Southern world that he envisions. And notice he's not saying anything at all about race. He's not talking about, oh, I'd love to have all these white supremacists running things. No, he's saying... Look, we love our, our states here, and these are what are these things are what these regions are known for, and they do the best at it, so we're going to have these regions take on these things. And then the last verse here is, I'd have all the fiddles made in Virginia, because they sure can make them sound so fine. I'm going up on Wolverton Mountain and see old Clifton Clowers and have a sip of his good old Arkansas wine. So actually, I'm sorry, he does say something about Arkansas. It's just at the end of the song, but it's a uh, is it really fun song here. And uh, again, he's not talking about anything racially related. He's talking about, we just think we could run things better for ourselves. And this is how we would do it. We would have each state kind of be the producer of what it's known for. And my stars, how much sense does that make? If you have an area locally or domestically with a comparative advantage, go ahead and let it have at it. So really good song there. And one of my top five favorite Hank Jr. songs as well. And then the next song that we're going to look at from Hank Jr. And the last song for this section or this category is one called All in Alabama. And this one, it could probably go in the reflection category as well as the one that, that I put it in. But in this song, Hank's talking about kind of how he found himself and what it meant to him to be from Alabama. So he starts off, he says, I just had to show him that I didn't need him, so I headed out west to see some old friends of mine. And so again, he's, he's singing a song about his accident where, where he busted his face up. So he's talking about he went out to the west to see some friends and kind of clear his head. And then he says, I thought if I'd climb up old Ajax Mountain, maybe that would help me get it all off my mind. And then he says, I made it up to the top, picked out a clear spot, and I thought a whole lot about the rest of my life. But I had no idea then soon it would nearly end up on this mountainside, I would nearly die. And this is a very symbolic passage, right, or a very symbolic verse, because when he says, I made it up to the top, before Hank had his accident, now, even though he was still mostly in his daddy's shadows, uh, he had 
started somewhat making a name for himself, and he was getting very, very popular in the country music scene. So when he says, I made it up to the top, is he talking about the physical mountain, or is he like, look, I, I had already made it up to the top of the music ladder, and I had picked out a clear spot, and I, I was kind of thinking about, like, what do I want the rest of my career to be like? So this is, this is a very symbolic song, and, and Southerners love their symbols. And then the chorus of this song is, they're all in Alabama, they're all in Dixieland, God, I'm dying here in Montana, please, Lord, I just want to go back to hold her hand, just let me get back to my old homeland. Now, Hank currently lives in Montana. He Actually, he has a huge ranch out there, but at least at this point in his life, think about what he's saying there. He likes Montana, but he's dying in Montana, and he does not want to be out there when the time comes. He wants to go back home, and he's, he's praying. He says, Lord, please let me get back to my old homeland. And so beautiful imagery there. And then the next verse is, they said I'd never sing again. I learned a lot about my friends. Because when you're shot down and out, you don't get many calls. But I saw some tears and some eyes. Soon my poor old mother would die. I nearly lost it all when I lost my grandpa. And you can find us all in Alabama. Yeah, we're all in Dixieland. I didn't die out in Montana. No, Lord, you let me get back to my old homeland. And I'm going to hold on to her hand. Now, again, we do see that Hank did eventually leave Alabama pretty much permanently. Uh, he still goes back down in the southern area a lot, but his, his full-time home now is in Montana. So he, uh, But again, here he's talking about he just wants to go back home. And now that, Lord, you let me get back home, I, I'm going to do what it takes. I'm going to hold on to her. And, and there, I mean, when he says I'm going to hold on to her, he's talking about Alabama. He's, t he's talking about his native land. And then in the last verse, this is Hank really kind of reaffirming his own path in life, not necessarily so much the Southern way of life, but just his, his decision to go his own way. He says, I've done a whole lot of searching, a whole lot of hurting before I finally found my road in life. You got to say things you want to say, go on and do things your own way, and you can climb any old mountain once you make up your mind. And so that is a beautiful song. I think it's a very fitting way to end this category. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But thank you all so much again for your time and for tuning in. Please remember, if you find value in the podcast, to consider becoming a supporting listener. And don't forget to help fuel the Jeffersonian revolution by using the link in the show notes page to purchase your goldbacks today. And all right, with another episode in the books, thank you again for tuning in, and I will talk to you all next time.